people with um, mental illness or mental whatever they have going on are able to use the drug to, you know, solve that for them. Yeah. Same with pain, mm -hmm. you know, depends on where, what you smoke and where the receptor is binding your body, but that's how. And I think if more people understood that it's a medicine, it's literally a plant, and the war on drugs is built on racism, and it's stupid. <laughs> and I think people are waking up to that fact, which is why it's becoming more legal in more states. Mm -hmm. Extremely passionate about helping corporate professionals transition into entrepreneurship. So I had to share the one thing, the number one thing that helped me develop as an entrepreneur, and that's the morning meetup. I joined the morning meetup specifically for the structure because I'm, I'm leaving corporate America, so I'm used to those morning huddles. We got our sales, we know what our goals are, and we get our day started. So I was missing that for two years before I even found the morning meetup. Now, the second thing that I really, really benefited from was the revenue, revenue generating activities was not necessarily a thing before 2021. Now I had my LLC, I had my website, I had a few clients here and there, but the momentum really took off as soon as I got around like-minded individuals and people who really knew the struggles that I was already dealing with that I could get over my fear of sales and communicating my value and putting myself out there on social media. The friends that I've developed, the mentors and the mentees that I've, that I've created relationships with, everything has really created this environment for us to thrive as entrepreneurs. So if you wanna develop as an entrepreneur, you're leaving corporate America and you're trying to figure out how do I get my footing in entrepreneurship, then the morning meetup will definitely be a game changer for you. You can learn with us, you can grow with us. And I didn't even mention that we have a book club. Join us in the community, let's get started today. You will not regret it. Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Young, and I have the wonderful Nakia Abbott here to join me. Hey, Thank you for joining us. <laughs> CEO of Corporate Smokers, past co-worker, colleague, and friend. Mm -hmm. And we are here to talk about your mega, mega come up, because it's, it's literally all over. Yes. Thank you so much, first of all, for the introduction. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And yes, I am Nakia Abbott. I am the founder and owner of Corporate Smokers Incorporated. We make products to help you enjoy your high without looking high especially in professional environments um, I know you said that we were co-workers and I know that a lot of people in that space do partake in cannabis and executive presence is important always front of mind and so our products were geared to that audience yes when you say executive presence you know now that we're in the day and age where cannabis is becoming more and more popularized, it's clearly like utilized by a lot of, I'm sure, more CEOs than we even know. Mm -hmm. That executive presence is really, really important. So I'm really glad that you decided to take a le leap and like start something that is really unique so that other corporate professionals and executives can kind of you know, do their thing and right. still stay professional, especially exactly. us. Yes, exactly. You know, yes. like there's so many people who like, lost their job just yeah. by going in. If they, if they had a brand like this to kind of keep them together, yes. we would have saved some jobs <laughs> out exactly there. Exactly right. Um, yeah, and then I tried to create our products so they are discreet and, you know, a non-smoker wouldn't, you know, quite understand what it is. So I think that helps as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So what gave you the gumption to like start a business in this space as a black woman when even though it's becoming more popularized, it's still kind of um, white dominated? It is. It is white dominated. And I think what um, motivated me to do this is my mother is also a business owner. She has in my entire life. And so I always knew that I would want to own my own business and I know that I enjoy cannabis, and once I started to learn more about it, um, I found a need, and that motivated me to fulfill it. I love it. <laughs> found a need, and you fulfill that need. Yes. That is truly the entrepreneurial spirit. Yes. So, 
Well, I guess when we think about like all of the products, like when it comes to your idea of building corporate smokers, was it, did you already know it was going to be a product or were you always kind of thinking like, what am I going to create in this space? What was the like thought process around like birthing corporate smokers? Yeah. So I I knew I wanted to create a product, but I was not sure what it would be. Um, And then one day it just came to me. I was having a conversation with one of my other friends. He's in corporate at Comcast and we are smoke buddies. And so we were talking about like, hey, it would be cool if we had something that can get the smell off your hands before you go back to work. And thought of professional wipes and then I'm like well it would be even cooler if we could do something that if we created something that would get the red out and open your eyes Mm. and you know combat the low red eyes that smokers get and then I'm thinking we could also get something that combats dry mouth so my goal was to create products that combat all these little um, symptoms of smoking that are frowned upon I guess in a professional environment yeah and so so far we've created the wipes and moving forward we do plan on doing eye drops and um, a sublingual that will combat dry mouth that's big thank you yeah so for myself yes even so I don't necessarily do it as much as I used to Mm -hmm. um but I will say that that feeling where you just one you feel like you need just water, 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 water. Yeah. Like that's, even if it's not frowned upon, it's just annoying. Yeah. It's like, I need some water, but I still feel like, you know, yeah. I need something. So yes, that would be awesome. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys could, but something around like um, the munchies yeah. <laughs> or maybe just some corporate smoker snacks yeah. would be awesome to go around the entire experience. Yeah. <laughs> and so for that, it's not a cure for everyone to take home, of course, but um, I do have this series called munchies on our instagram channel where i'll follow these cool recipes from pinterest and like show and i'm not always doing it at midnight so it's like midnight munchies oh i remember seeing that yes. but you cook some good stuff on there i'll be trying I try. yes and it's not just snacks and, and like popcorn and chips and stuff it's oh, yeah. like i love so here's the thing when I would partake, yes. I would literally cook a nice meal. Mm-hmm. I would like literally set it out. We would sit down, watch a little TV, yes. and then it's like, now nah, yes. let's go. Yes. <laughs> so, because yes. you know that you're gonna need the munchies. Yes. You know it's gonna be like required. So, yes. and yeah, it's fun. It's something I, um, I like to do. I never was a chef or couldn't stand cooking before the pandemic, and then yeah. after it was something that like I learned and started to like yeah would you say this is a rebel move for you it is like way out of your comfort zone what is it like like creating a brand that seems like it's like cutting edge right now it's scary it's um like you said pioneering a new path um not many well in that we live in georgia and it's still illegal here um only for medicinal use and that's very recent um and so just navigating that you know um and then also it's a product that people haven't seen or heard of before from a brand new company so it's kind of like taking a risk when they you know choose to carry my brand in their store Mm. or partner with me on different things and also um i would yeah about it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, well, and the stigma, right? And, and the stigma. Because it's like one, you're a black-owned business. Two, like you're a cor- you're a corporate smokers, which is like a <laughs> it's like a um, what do they call it? A, a, an onomatopoeia? Uh, yes. no, oxymoron. Oxymoron. Yes. oxymoron. That's what it is. It's like you're literally putting two different ideas together that aren't that haven't lived in the same space in a, ever. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure like rich rich um, you know, the Rockefellers back in the day, they took part in like the prohibition, so they probably had um alcohol when it was illegal but yeah you were on the cutting edge so I look at you and I go like this is really bold yeah thank you Um, my boyfriend was telling me that yesterday too Uh, you know I'd worked 
for that company for 12 years and I had expected to retire from there. And so when the opportunity came for me to take this leap, um, it was an eye opener. It was like my whole world kind of came crashing down, not really, but you know, to build into some, to build up to something more beautiful, I think. Absolutely. When you, when it's all said and done, this is certainly a blessing to like leave corporate, but when it's happening, it does feel like, oh my God, oh my God, the world is ending. So let's get into your story a little bit. You were, um, race. Have you always been a corporate, um, like I kind of say I was raised corporate because my family, um, was like big on structured places. Mm-hmm. Like you go to school, you get a job. Now my, my family's like either in the education system or the government. Okay. I was the only person like in a Fortune 500. Mm-hmm. However, I was raised to go up a ladder. Gotcha. So like, was that like your upbringing or how were you raised? No, so my upbringing was completely different. I started that company on the ramp um, and then I kind of worked my way up through the operation and then transitioned to corporate. Um, I knew that when I started on the ramp, that was my last year, my last semester of college. And I knew that, you know, that's not what I wanted to do forever. I did it for two years. I learned every aspect of that operation. And then I was able to be promoted to gate agent. I learned that operation. I went to a special project. From there, I went to the tower. And it's like um, I was raising the operation, you know. Mm. And I think that career path is geared more towards leadership or um FAA training or you know something like that and then when I went to corporate it was like a culture shock all over again it was learning new politics it was um learning who's who who are these players I'm with now because Mm. in the operation you know you've been there forever so you already know but over here it's like a whole new world yeah um and another thing that was culture shock is that in the operations side, it's cost savings. You know, it's like everything's on the budget and you have to have permission to do X, Y, Z. But then over here, it's like free for all. Spending. Like, yes, spending <laughs> on things that I'm thinking, like, we would never get that over there. So it was a, it was kind of tough to try to balance all of that. What I've been trained to do for so long, then I'm coming over here and they're like, what do you mean you saved us money? That's not good. It's taken away from our budget for next year. It's like, oh. That's a real thing. Yeah. yeah, like when when I used to be in corporate, it's like when you don't spend all the money, it's like, no, 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 no. We don't want to go out with any right. type of like surplus. We need to either overspend or hit the mark so exactly. that we, we get the same amount next year. Yeah. That's a whole. Co- so wait a minute. When so you worked at an airline, that's mm-hmm. clear. But then um, you went in on the ramp. What was your mindset when you went in? Like, what was your idea of success at that time? My idea of success at that time was securing full time. I started as ready reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I wanted to kind of just sit back and gauge and see where I wanted my next um, opportunity to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I wanted to get away from the bags and I wanted to go upstairs so I could have my nails done and have my hair looking good and wear a cute uniform. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that was my goal. I worked hard. I learned everything. I networked. I did what I needed to do to get to that point. From there, it was like, um, this is not challenging enough. I would love to be creative. I would love to like make a real difference in the company and not just for these people on this flight. And so just did what I had to do to get there and it's kind of been that way the entire my whole career mm, so so you would you say like you you always kind of look two or three steps ahead like okay so what do I want my life to look like in two to three years and then you say okay well this is what I need to do now this is what I need to do now yes. so you never really considered yourself truly like when you went into the company you never said I want to go over to the corporate side that was my ultimate goal oh you knew yes. you wanted to go to corporate yes but I didn't um I didn't feel empowered I didn't feel um like 
I qualified to start in corporate. Mm, why not? Um, I just didn't. I started um, Delta, or I started the company during a recession. I graduated mm -hmm. during a recession, mm -hmm. so they were not hiring for much outside of operation work, mm -hmm. you know. And it was a safe job, you know. I started, and, you know, people retire from there all the time. They have seniority yeah. in sixty plus years. Yeah. And so I kind of fell into that trap, and it was like I'm growing, so it's no need to leave. Yeah. Well, okay, I understand what you mean. Um, cause we definitely, we all get kind of, they call it the, the golden handcuffs. Yes. And especially when you get promotion after promotion after promotion, you're like, oh, I can get more money and <laughs> right. more money and more money. Let yes. me just sit here. So what was it that like broke your, your, your thought process of like, okay, I'm on this trajectory and I no longer want to be here. Um, it was for me, the politics of it all. I was not expecting that. Um, and it was also just no progression in four years mm. in a career that i had for 12 years i'd been promoted and it wasn't social promotion it was things that i've earned mm -hmm. differences that i've made you know and it i was promoted a lot <laughs> but then when i get to this team and it's like i'm stuck here for four years i'm getting voluntold to do promotion work but i'm not getting the pay that goes along with it mm -hmm. or the benefits that go along with it either mm -hmm. you know and i would see other people around me getting promoted and they would tell me that essentially you're not good enough, but then I have to do their work, the people who got promoted. Yeah. So I'm good enough to do it for free, but not for, you know, what I deserve. The pay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You said something that really stuck with me. You said um, it wasn't a social promotion. Yeah. And, you know, like hearing your experience, you, you came from the operations side of things and you went over to corporate where you would think more social promotions happen on the corporate side. Um, but it sounds like your work truly spoke for itself on the operation side, whereas it's kind of always kind of always hard to put your hands on work on the corporate side. Like yeah. what what truly what was the benefit? Yeah. You kind of have to be creative, even when it comes to resumes. Yes. Like when it comes to your performance reviews, your your leader is always like, hey, say these things yes. are, are like the wins that we have for, as a company. And then you have to break it down from a dollar perspective to say, I drove $12 million of this $15 million goal. Yes. Like you kind of have to be creative with that. Yes. So it just sounds like you were in an environment where your work was speaking for itself. And then you went over to corporate where social promotions were probably more necessary. And it like, do you feel like you were like equipped to play that social promotion game? Um, no, not to start with. I won't, I'll be honest, not to start with. It was new to me. I thought, you know, coming from an environment where your work speaks for itself, you mm -hmm. know, <laughs> I didn't realize that your work has to speak for itself. You have to meet up after work and go to these happy hours. You need to, you know, go talk to a stranger and invite them to coffee. Whereas at the, you know, in the operation, it's go here, do your work, have fun, mingle, be nice, but you can go home and it's no one looking at you crazy. Yeah. You know, we're over here. It's kind of a little bit different. It's a lot different. It's a lot different. Yeah. And it took me like a year to catch on. You know, the first year I'm like learning everything I can, doing my job, thinking I'm doing a good job. And then the second year it's like, well, what's going on? And they're like, well, no one knows you. I'm like, how? Mm -hmm. So that became an issue. Yeah. That, I think that's a big, I think that's a big struggle with a lot of people when it comes to corporate. Some people thrive in those type of environments mm -hmm. where like all I have to do is be as popular as I can be, know the right people. And it really, really sucks when you working next to somebody who really is just like a kiss you yes. know you know what I'm going with mm -hmm. this and they get the promotion you like so if all I had to do was just anyway yes. you know it, it just kind of makes you a little bit annoyed but what is a benefit is that 
getting like earning what like work that work ethic and like yes. getting what you earn yes. it's rewarded in the entrepreneurial space mm -hmm. so do you find that you use more of your like operation skills or your um corporate skills now that you're an entrepreneur definitely more of my corporate skills mm. yes um from the operation it taught me um punctuality it taught me you know um problem solving dealing with difficult customers and it set the tone for that but the corporate side taught me a lot about marketing a lot about um analytics mm. and segmenting your customer and narrowing down your um your audience and your base and you know promotions to attract so it gave me a lot of the business acumen that i was lacking from the operation mm. And so that's another reason why I'm not as disappointed in my career overall because I learned a lot. Absolutely. A lot. You have a lot to, to like um, brag about. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? So, okay, one other business question. And then, of course, we got to get into like your story. But yeah. you said customer segmentation. So as um, solo entrepreneurs, especially like people who want to be personal brands, mm -hmm. we talk a lot about the avatar, knowing who your avatar is and your one specific client. Because too many times when we try to segment, mm -hmm. we get all over the place when it comes to social media. Right. How has customer segmentation been for you, like identifying who your core client is, but then understanding what that customer segment is and knowing how to uh, serve each population? Yeah, so it's been a journey. Um, I've been learning a lot about my customers in this first year of business, and it's so different. So our pop-up shops, you know, we see Actually, I was expecting something totally different. When we go to our pop-up shops, we have the young kids who are like interested in our brand and they want to know what we do. And then within online, it's mostly like <laughs> adults and grown-ups. So it's like, how do I market mm. to this segment in person and then keep my brand, the voice, you know, tone of voice the same, but also portray the same message online. So it's been difficult, but we're learning, we're working through it. That makes sense because when you think about our last company, they they only cater to the premium customer right right like any other customer you you can definitely um, partake right but we're talking to this one customer yes have you thought about like really only talking to like that adult client online and then like hey this is our brand and letting the young kids kind of come as they go they come, i had not thought about that but that could be you know a good idea for what we're looking for yet i'm curious i i think because your your adult clients online probably will pay a higher dollar yes than your younger clients mm -hmm. unless you have like those 23 year olds who are just now new to corporate they got that 60 60 thousand salary and that's who are at these markets mm -hmm. yeah looking for you know indie brands and you know so that's who our in-person supporters have been interesting you could go in either way with it honestly yeah but um i guess it would also take like maybe a team so that maybe the team creates the pop-up shop brand yeah. and then you focus on like the overall you know corporate brand yes that might be that might be an interesting journey to yes. do. Hopefully, eventually, hopefully by um, next year, Q1, we'll be able to bring on additional teammates. But for right now, it's just been me mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. and my daughter and my boyfriend like helping me out. But yeah, hopefully next. You year. got a whole family business. Family so business. speaking of like work and play, do you find that you get a chance to like do more of the things that you never got a chance to do while you were in corporate? Yes, yes. Oh my God, this year has been such a breath of fresh air. For 12 years, you know, in that environment, they're so strict on time and D0 and, you know, your schedule is, mm -hmm. is it's jam packed. And so I think that first month, it took me a long time to just realize I'm not on nobody else's time. You know, mm. I don't have to get up this early to do anything anymore. Like, I don't have to be <laughs> tied to my phone thinking about a meeting and being late to the next one. So, um, yeah, that breather 
I've been really enjoying that. Really? Mm -hmm. So I, I can't lie. I probably run my life like I did when I was in corporate. Okay. Because like I wake up at 530, probably sometimes five o'clock. Mm -hmm. I hit the, I know what my meetings look like. I focus on my calendar. Everything right. is like, so I don't necessarily, sometimes I feel like even though my philosophy is work and play mm -hmm. and like being, having taken that breath of fresh air is really important. Sometimes I kind of struggle with that. Do yeah. you ever struggle with like still kind of going business 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 and not having time for family or do you just kind of do you find that you flow i find that i flow i flow a lot better i know mm. um, in that environment i was missing a lot out on a lot of things with my mother she's aging and missing out on a lot of things with my daughter she's going through elementary school and you want to be there but unfortunately you can't always get the day or you can't always get the time off with this i find that i'm still able to get my work done and be there for my family spend time you know go eat lunch with her and you know go see my mom run errands with her yeah. things that um i know for a fact that i'll be missing out on mm. this is a good interview because <laughs> i think it is the we have this like stigma that if you smoke you can't work yeah. and that you'll be a slacker and yeah. the fact that you are continue to build your brand and have time for your family and you give me this cool vibe I'm like maybe I need to go back because it's been a long time since I've had a little bit and I, I think it's because I feel like I will lose some type of like control over my day okay but I'm just I'm just loving the energy that you have Thank towards you. business and life and then still being able to build your brand at the same time. Yeah. So what's your relationship with smoking? When was the, when was the first time you ever got exposed Ooh. to smoking? So my my very first time I was chilling with some of my friends. My friend, um, she is from Seattle. Okay. And so she moved here and we were co-workers actually at AirTran before <laughs> Delta. And, how old were you? Oh God, how old was I? Maybe like 21, 22. Okay. And um, she was, you know, heavy into it because it was legal there. It's what they did. Mm -hmm. And so I was always like, no, I'm not going to. It's illegal and I don't want to break the law. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day, you know, she was having like a little get together at the house and it was everybody was doing it. And no one looked how the TV makes you look. You know, everyone seemed cool. It was fun, funny. And I tried it. Um, I think I hit the blunt maybe once or twice. I didn't feel anything. And I was like, yeah, the same for me. And I tried it again, um, maybe a year later with a boyfriend and we watched Cat Williams and it was like the best <laughs> oh experience <my>. ever. <laughs> and it's kind of been like ongoing since there. Um, I didn't, I was not a heavy smoker because of course I was young and it's like, where do I even go to get it? You know, but as I grew up, I found a person. I've been going there forever and I love to travel to places where it's uh, legal, of course. And now it's like, I love it. <laughs> yes when I first uh, when I first experienced it I don't I think I was also like in my 20s mm -hmm. it's funny because like I grew up in an environment where like everyone was doing it oh, okay. but I was always like no no yeah. I don't want to do that I didn't start until I got my first job offer like until I accepted my first job offer and okay. I was like You've made it. I think you should like reward yourself and like you can live a little bit. So I did it, but I noticed I got super. If you notice my personality, I'm always kind of like, so I noticed my personality would be like crazy off the scale. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? You might either not to, need to do anything or just like one little puff and just call it a day. Cause yeah. when you go off with these people that you're, that you've grown up with or who are around you, you don't know your own potency. Yes. You need to just kind of chill out a little bit. So yes. do you get really like excited when you when you smoke or do you 
like get calm, chilled out. The top three responses that I get when I ask, why do you wanna leave corporate America? Are that you want financial freedom, you wanna own your own time, and you wanna build a legacy for this generation and generations to come. Now, this is not a solo job. In order to transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship, it's gonna take community and it's gonna take resources. And I've created the community of pioneers who are going to wrap around you and help you make that transition successfully. So if you're interested in leaving your job, go ahead and click that information below. Let's get into the community and let's transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship successfully. Now let's get back to the episode. I think I'm more calm and chilled. Um, I have a silly personality already, so I'm always moving and dancing around the house or cleaning, um, you know, just doing chores around the house. And I think when I smoke, I am I am definitely more calm, mm. um, but I'm able to focus more. Mm. You know? You're able to focus more? Yeah, I can sit down and hone in and like if I have a project that I'm working on for the business, I can, you know, just spend the whole day at the computer, you know? Um, yeah. I'm going to need your help. Okay. Because I, I feel like there's something, there's something I'm missing. I, I probably have vacillated from one extreme to the other. Yeah. And I need my happy medium. Yeah. That way we can utilize some of your, um, your goodies. Goodie. So we're going to get to those in just yeah. a moment. So, um, you, you started, um, at 21. Mm -hmm. So what was it like growing up for you? Was like, you know, did you, did you grow up with like, wait, where are you from? I'm from here. College Park, okay. Georgia. Yes. Um, and as far as like growing up, my mother, I, it was me and my mom, single mom, um, and she didn't do any drugs ever, you know. She barely let me see her have a glass of wine. Um, when she would mingle with her friends and her cousins, I would get to go, but of course the kids go upstairs. So, you know, um, very sheltered from that. Mm -hmm. um, as I got older, my brothers, you know, they smoked, but they didn't live there. So it was kind of like, I know what it smells like, but I don't know what it looks what like. It, yeah. And so, yeah, I was pretty sheltered until I met my friend from Seattle and of course, life comes at you fast. <laughs> how many brothers do you have? I have two. I have two, two older brothers. Two older brothers. How, how, what's the age? Um, they are 15 and 13 years older than I am. Wow. Yeah, so I grew up like an only child. It was me and my mom in the house. Yeah. So when you say shelter and then if they were to expose you from anything, that would have been real irresponsible. But you know, yeah. you have five, like when they're five, five, four years older than you, they yeah. say, hey, try this, try right. this. Exactly. Don't <laughs> when 15 years old, they're pretty much raising you too. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so you have like three parents. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. my goodness gracious. So when you were growing up, like you, you went to Where'd you go to school? Clark Atlanta. Clark Atlanta. I was gonna mm -hmm. say Spelman. Mm -hmm. So, what did you think you were gonna be when you grew up? Um, so, to be quite honest, I always knew that I wanted to own my own business. Oh. And my mom kind of raised me like your parents. You know, you go to school, you get a good job, and you know that's the end of it. So, I kind of when I went to college, I just knew I needed to get a job. I didn't mm -hmm. have a direction. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just mm. knew I need to get this paper so I can get a job. <laughs> so I studied public relations, which was fun for me. I'm a good communicator. I'm able to write well. And so that just kind of started to, I'm sorry, that's kind of what led me to want to have a corporate job. And then when I started at Delta, that's how I knew I wanted to go on the corporate side of it mm. eventually. So corporate relations, is that more so like communications or was that like more so um, publicity? Like what did you envision? Did you envision yourself being like with the clipboard like, and next we have a commercial at two, we have to record this with the CEO. Like how did you envision your life? So um, when I, in school, we got to learn a lot of different aspects of public relations. So from crisis management to mm -hmm. news broadcast to journalism, you know, and I thought that the most interesting part of it was crisis management for me. You know, a company is in a pickle. What can we do creatively to get them out? 
Mm-hmm. So you you were gonna be the um, Olivia Pope for corporations. <laughs> yeah. Like the CEO point. is a scandal. This is how we're gonna present it in the newspaper. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Did you do any inter- internships while you were in school? I did. Um, I interned with a company called F Square Communications, okay. and they were responsible for Hosea Feed the Hungry and Homeless. Okay. Um, how they did the five meals each year for Martin Luther King, Easter, back to school and all that. Um, and so we also got to, with that, I got to do media tours with Mrs. Omalami when she was promoting the um, the Thanksgiving events and stuff. Oh. So we got to go to the different radio stations and like give her key points on, you know, what to say. And that was pretty cool. Really? So you were pretty much doing what you had envisioned. Yeah. So when you decided like, okay, um, when you graduated, what did you decide to do? How did you um, bridge the gap between, or how did you plan to bridge the gap between like your public relations internship and then your like full-time life? So it's so funny. Um, I was already working at Delta with this internship. I had already graduated. I was mm. a new graduate. And um, as much as I loved the internship and the people and the exposure and you know what the job actually was, I was still working on the ramp at this time, but I also felt like this is safe over here. Mm. So I did this for the amount of time that it was for. I made myself available for anything special that they needed help with afterwards, but I was not prepared to leave my safe thing. Mm. Is that a motif of yours? Like, do you feel like safety is a part or did, and you didn't have, you didn't have, um, you didn't have your baby before before then, right? No, I didn't. So you were just like more so thinking security. Mm-hmm. Like what what do you think it is that instilled that security like or that safety net like or the requirement for that stability in you? My mother, you know, mm. I saw her work. When I was my daughter's age, um, my mom would come pick me up from school at home and we would come back downtown. She would make me a pallet on her desk so she can do some overtime, you know, and um, I just saw that work ethic and I just, you know, I just, felt like I needed to have that. I felt like if I'm gonna, and I'll tell you this too, um, my mother is 70 now. Mm -hmm. And so even back then, um, I always felt compelled to show her that I can do this. You know, if anything happens to you, you don't have to worry about me, I'll be okay. So that's what made me like stay at that job for so long and like be stable. I bought my first house, I sold it, I bought my second house. I just wanted to to show her, you know, I'm out here and I'm good. So Mm. (laughs) you can relax, you can actually live your retirement, Yeah. you know? Um, And I don't think I would have been able to do that with that company. You know, you think you think it would have been more less stable or I think it would have been less stable. Um, That company actually dissolved maybe two years later. So I'm kind of glad that I your spidey sense is like, no, this isn't going to be a long term thing. Right. Um, But the relationships that I made there were amazing. So Mm. you have this um, you have this sense of responsibility in your spirit. It's like even though you were young and. Um, to a person like me, if I was passionate about like uh, public relations and I had an internship, I think I would have been like, oh, we're going to stay right here. Like, and I even think sometimes my values when it comes to my mom or just parents in general, I believe parents have kids. Parents have the responsibility to kids. Yes. But I hear the responsibility that you have for your family and for your mom, yes. which is really, really commendable. Thank you. Yeah, I think I, I think a that. lot of times we look at entrepreneurship and corporate and we just make this we just draw this line of like, oh, you just wanna your dreams to die and you yes. wanna live your dreams. It's, but I don't think it's always that black and white. Cause you're taking some you're doing something that I think as a solo entrepreneur, I can go and risk my own life and yes. my own career. But you also had this responsibility to your mom, which everybody doesn't necessarily like have that like 
that responsibility. They don't necessarily, even if they have a mom, they're like, yeah, she good. Do you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's really cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So, so we're traveling through um, your public relations position. Then you get your position um, on the ramp. Then you work your way up. What was your like? What would you say you're most proud of on the operation side that you took with you? Um, I would say that. I'm most proud of earning Chairman's Club. Mm. Um, that was the biggest recognition you can get there. What did you do to get it? Um, it was peer nominated. So mm. they saw a peer nominated me. They wrote a really nice essay about how um, my values align with uh, Rules of the Road. And they gave examples of things that they've seen me do. And I guess the panel was impressed. And I was mm. an honoree for it. That's important. Yeah. I think on the corporate side, because I, I came into the company on the corporate side, um, and I got Chairman's Club, but I got Chairman's Club for the program I created. Oh, okay. But a lot of times, I feel like people got nominated on the social promotion side of things. You yeah. know what I mean? But it always felt so truly impactful when someone in IFS mm -hmm. or OCS, mm -hmm. right? Um, is that what ACS. ACS uh -huh. would um, have it because... Somebody will be saving somebody on the plane, yeah. on, like saving Save someone's lives. lives. Yeah. I'm like, you better give them. There should not even be a panel for yeah. a Chairman's Club, whereas another person is just like smiling every day yeah. and cooks cookies for, for on Fridays and right. they get Chairman's Club. Yeah, the requirements, yeah, are different, it seems like. It really, yeah, but you know, I think it's it's just... It's just interesting how the world is. And I think because you've been on both sides of it, it's it's you understand the the two sides of like the world that that just kind of happened yeah which everybody doesn't get a chance to do at least even crossover i, I would say that that's a, a huge accomplishment so um yeah you, i appreciate that <laughs> you, you've done you've done a, a lot for yourself Thanks. so when you think about um your next chapter and um you took the you took the package so you decided to go ahead and and do something for yourself mm -hmm. what was your vision for like corporate smokers when you decided to like create it what, what did you see long term um so long term i know i want a farm i want a cannabis farm probably won't be in georgia because it's not legal here but mm -hmm. um that was my goal that is still my goal um and i knew that once i left i need i only had a certain amount of time to get it up and running and start generating cash you know and so um Got the education to go with it. <laughs> Started the business and yeah. Gosh, you so a farm. And then what goes with the farm? Like what other products and stuff? Yeah, so we'll have the eye drops. We'll have the um, we'll have the product side of it. And then the farm, I want to do like more education, um, mm. hands-on education for um, either people who have been impacted by the war on drugs or people who are just genuinely interested in marijuana. Okay, what's some of the, some of the things that like we we don't know that we need to know when it comes to education around it? Um, uh, like about the drug specifically, or mm. just. Yeah, I guess about the drug specifically, or when you say education, do you mean like uh, politics-wise, like the law, and uh, like which side of education do you mean? Um, either. So um, I think it's important to understand the the history and the laws around cannabis mm -hmm. and why it is illegal and why um, hemp is legal and CBD is legal, but you know, THC is not. Um, I think that. Um, it would be important, or I think it would make more sense to people who are not advocates to understand that hemp and cannabis are the same plant. You know, one just has more THC than the other. Mm. So even for the um, Shakari Richardson and um, 
Rapinoe, how that debate they had where Shakari was disqualified for smoking marijuana, but then Rapinoe was praised for her CBD venture, mm. you know, but it's the same plant, you know? Mm. Um, so I think if people had a better understanding of things like that, they would, they would be able to make more informed decisions or have more informed opinion about these type of things. And also for the drug itself, um, everyone has an endocannabinoid system. It's composed of CB1 and CB2 receptors. The cannabinoids inside of the plant, cannabis plant, it connects to the cannabinoids in your body and that's how it heals your body. That's how, you know, people with um, mental illness or mental whatever they have going on are able to use the drug to, you know, solve that for them. Yeah. Same with pain, mm -hmm. you know, depends on where, what you smoke and where the receptors bind in your body, but that's how. And I think if more people understood that it's a medicine, it's literally a plant, and the war on drugs is built on racism, and it's stupid. <laughs> and I think people are waking up to that fact, which is why it's becoming more legal in more states. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, that type of education. Okay, definitely. So letting us know like what it can do for the body. When we talk about the cannabinoids in our body, um, I, I think I just learned that we have um, the cannabinoids is what processes the T THC or is it mm -hmm. it's what processes the CBD? Is that what it is? So both of them, um, CBD and THC are both cannabinoids mm. and um, they just bind to different receptors in your body. So mm. um, remember I was telling you about the CB1 and CB2, mm -hmm. um, depending on what you smoke, it's depending on what bind, what it binds to inside your body. Mm. I can just imagine you like at work kind of like <laughs> looking up this stuff. Were you interested <laughs> before you actually left? Um, yeah, I was. Were you? Yes, um, I was very interested. I wanted to know um, exactly, you know, I like to smoke, but tell me more about it. Mm -hmm. I'm that type of person. You researching I and research, everything like yeah. that. Yeah. Do you know one of, one of the things that I feel like we're in we're in the days of is kind of like that the prohibition days mm -hmm. where like yeah, it was illegal but then there's there there was a clearly a turn of the tide because there's alcohol everywhere yeah so I feel like at some point we're gonna see marijuana everywhere like mm -hmm. when you envision a world like that what do you feel like is the, is the the pros and the cons of like having being able to go to CVS and like ordering a bud like what do you think that the pros and cons of that would be well I think a pro would be a more consistent product you know when you live in an illegal state and you're buying from a street dealer you know, you're not sure what you're buying you don't know the um, levels of THC that's in it you don't know especially from buying edibles as well you don't know <laughs> the person did it right or mm -hmm. how much they use and that's why it's always a surprise and delight every time you get it <laughs> like you don't know what you you're doing gonna do right um so i think that would be a pro a more consistent product i think that um legally uh driving you know you don't have that anxiety about driving around with it because it's legal you know it's a plant mm -hmm. um i think that a con could be uh, more happy people and that's not a con <laughs> <laughs> i can't think of one you know if you look at the states if you compare the states who have it legal, you know, they are thriving in taxes, they are thriving in revenue, they are thriving in tourism. And then we have Georgia, we're thriving because of movies and stuff like that, but we could be on a whole nother level if our leadership is a little bit better, a little mm -hmm. bit more educated around it. Yes, a little bit more educated around it. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And, um, you know, because we aren't as educated around it or because we might be even stuck in our old ways, then I think that's probably what's keeping us from taking part in that commerce. Yes. Um, do you, do you, so you, we were talking about this off camera and you were saying that like when you go to pop-up shops, um, mm -hmm. you might be the only black woman um, in the room. 
Do you feel like this is a industry that is like not available to black people or do you feel like people black people just don't know enough about like going into this space? Um so I will say that um the higher up in this industry you go um the less of an opportunity I think it might be. Mm-hmm. I know for Georgia, for example, Georgia just awarded six GROW licenses here. Um, and I was looking at the research behind it and a lot of people said they had to spend millions for it. They had to fill out all kind of paperwork. They had to have so much, um, you know, in order that costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, you know, we don't have access to that, but you know, like it's kind of hard to find access to that. Mm. Um, even in what I have, I'm not selling weed. I'm not trying to do any of that. I'm just trying to sell products that complement that. And it's been hard to get funding. It's been hard to promote. It's been hard to advertise because mm. there's such a negative stigma around it. Mm. My account has been um, banned from promoting on Instagram. I can post, but I cannot promote my my posts. No ads or no anything ads. like that. Strictly because of the nature of the business. Mm. Not because I, I don't even post marijuana. You know, I don't post mm. buds and all that. I post my products. But can you organically create a, a following? Yes, that's what I've been doing. Mm. Yes, everything, all my entire following on Facebook, email, Instagram, it's all been organic, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What's one of the things that like turns a stranger into an avid client? Um, Product demonstration. Yeah, product Mm. demonstration. They're like, they'll come up and they're like, oh, this is cool, what is it? And then you show them how it works and how cool it is and how discreet it is. And they're like, oh yeah. Why don't you show us one now then? Sure, yeah. So um, our main product is professional wipes. They get the smell and residue off your hands after you smoke or handle smoke products. Okay. They also clean your um, glass and silicone smoke accessories. So if you smoke out of a pipe or anything, you know that the resin builds up in there and it can be hard to get off. But our wipes are amazing at that. And they are individually wrapped. They are um, citrus scented and they come with a very large napkin. Mm. Um, and they clean up sticky messes. So. We made these with smokers in mind, but my cousin calls Can me I all the time. It? Of course. She calls me all the time and she's like, oh, I clean my makeup off with it. And oh, really? Yeah, it's so, so they- skin safe. and Well, yeah, because you can do it on your hands, so you can do it on your face. Yes, you can do it on your hands. Ah. I wouldn't do it on the face, but it's a degreaser. So, you know, makeup is greasy and it will mm, come right off. Your, your yeah. hands so and stuff. So I would clean my brushes. I would clean my makeup bag. Or oh, really? Yeah. Um, my boyfriend, he loves to work on cars. And so I have a demonstration of him <laughs> wiping his uh, greasy hands, his oily hands off with it. And it really, really works. These are like durable too. Yeah. Like, so you can probably like do a lot of your different products. So if you haven't done this, it's like, if you haven't done like your pipe in a long time, get yeah. one of these and like just That's it. your <laughs> weekly cleaning. And this is a lot. So how many is in here? Um, you get 20 25 in one box so this is how long will this last the average smoker um maybe about a month month and a half Mm. it depends on if you're only using it for smoking people find so many uses for it so they could be using it for cleaning the the counters (laughs) and stuff like that okay got you so then what else do you find that like is your top seller um our other top seller is our corporate card corporate card grinders and so corporate card I've seen those on Instagram yeah and so it comes with a shake sleeve or whatever so you don't have to worry about getting residue in your purse or in your pocket and basically it's a well you use it like a cheese grater so you grate your bud and then you can use it to scoop up and put it into your rolling papers or your blunt or whatever you choose to smoke it's heavy and durable oh this is like one of those credit cards (laughs) you know when you got the money credit card (laughs) exactly (laughs) 
and then we have the two di different designs okay so this one probably would be my favorite because you can just right here yeah. um but then this one you can just yeah. I like both of them actually. <laughs> These are really cute, y'all. And they're like, they really feel like those Chase credit cards yeah. where you like, you got the <laughs> money on it. Card, <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. That's really cool. Thank you. And then um, we have glass rolling trays that don't break. So you can throw it on concrete, you can drop it on a hard floor, really? and it won't break. Yes, yeah, it's a shatter resistant technology. I like it. So it's shatter is glass, yes. shatter resistant technology, y'all. Yeah. These are really cool. I think I want to change my habits just a little bit so I can start using <laughs> using the products. Yeah. And then we have um, organic uh, vegan rolling papers with the filter included and it also has a magnetic tip to keep your filters clean fits in your purse. Those. Mm. Um, and those are slow burning. They have a natural gum line. Um, a lot of our clients or customers um, compare them to raw and marley. What's um, a gum line? The gum line is the is that strip the sticky that you fill it. Yeah. Also, oh, they they what's when they lick it and then they it just goes by itself. Right. Yeah. And, yes, and it's vegan. So yeah. other products aren't vegan. So it depends. Um, papers can be made out of a lot of different things. Ours are made out of um, organic hemp paper. So mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what makes it vegan. Yeah. Okay. And then we have um, a three-piece stash set, which can hold. The small ones are, you know, if you're going to your friend's house and you need to take a little bit, you don't want to take a lot. Mm -hmm. It's smell proof and it fits in your pocket or in your purse. Nice. And then we have a larger one that holds up to one ounce. Got and the little corpus smoker sticker. Yeah. I like it. Um, yeah, the small one holds one ounce, smell proof, so you can have it in your house and it won't smell up your place. And then we have the the bag as well. So a three I piece like stash it. set. Three piece stash set. I there like it. Is. I really like it. You know what? What I'm thinking um, when it comes to oops, I'm gonna put this here. Uh -huh. But when it comes to you becoming an entrepreneur, and like I said, I'm scrolling through. I've been doing this entrepreneur thing for about three years now. Okay. So I left. I left in 2018, so two years later, you came out. Was it 20, 2019 you left? 2020. 2020 you came mm -hmm. out. And I'm scrolling through my Instagram, and I'm seeing you pop up on my, no, I'm seeing your product pop up on my Instagram. So I'm like, oh, let me follow. <laughs> and I don't even know how I finally reached out and finally saw that you were like doing it. Yeah. But the most cool thing that it has been, the, the coolest thing has been to watch you oh, grow. So I see you um, traveling to um, LA, going to stores, getting your products in stores. Mm -hmm. So as a new entrepreneur, what's some of the things that just kind of, or how did you know how to start? Thank you so much for watching the Work and Play podcast. This episode is sponsored by the Boss Up Conference, which is a community for entrepreneurs, CEOs, celebrities, and corporate executives to come together, network, and solve some problems. Thank you all so much for being supporters of the Work and Play podcast. And thank you for watching the Work and Play podcast and all the episodes before. Now let's get back to the episode. Um, so uh, basically I think the way I learned how to start was at that company, um, managing products from start to finish, managing mm. projects from start to finish, um, needing to source vendors for our elite clients so I know what to look for in a vendor, um, having to arrange to ship stuff to over 200,000 people. That helped me with my logistics, you mm. know? and. What's so funny is that in the moment when I was doing these things, I couldn't understand how it related to my job. I thought it was busy work. But then full circle, here I am doing the same thing for my own. And it's not busy work. Like, it's like, oh, I'm glad I had to do that because now I know. 
Yes, I just did a post today yes. on my Instagram that says, what skill sets are we not tapping into as corporate citizens that mm -hmm. will help you in your entrepreneurial endeavor? Yes. We spend so much time like, oh, I hate being in corporate. Oh, I'm, I'm yes. you know, I even had the thought like I wasn't making any impact. So mm -hmm. I'm like, why am I even spending my life here? But it's that epiphany, yes. like when you're shipping stuff off and when you're thinking about quantities and when you know how to have a relationship with a vendor, yes. I feel like as a product, a company with a product, that's priceless. It is. It really is. Yes. And um, yeah, just understanding like lead times and, you know, and I feel like if I had not had that experience, I would be lost. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to start. You know, I learned how to man manage a budget. And of course, their budget is like multi-million so of course I can manage mine you right. know for now <laughs> but then you even mentioned like so one you mentioned the mindset of operations versus corporate where it's like budget 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 and then on a corporate side spin 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 mm -hmm. so now that you're running your own business what's your what's your um financial management like what's your uh what do they call it your spending habits no not your spending habits it's your your, your spending blueprint. They call it a spending blueprint. What would you say yours is as an entrepreneur? So um, put the dollar where you have the most impact, which is something I learned from that company. Put like, the dollar yeah. where you have the most impact. Yeah, and so, you know, um, with them, their high value customers was the most impact. And so they put a lot of money into maintaining that relationship. And so for me, I know that this is my flagship product. So mm -hmm. the majority of my money went to this. It went to branding and become a legitimate company. Um, um, everything else is kind of like secondary for me. Mm. So everything is secondary for you. So like, what, so this one is your flagship product mm -hmm. because most professionals like to get the scents off their hands. And that's really the, the, the biggest like pain point that you start, solve. It's like, Right. This is like the issue. We don't want to go to work and be typing with a little residue on our fingers. Exactly. And we don't, that smell carries in your hands. So even if you're not up close to someone, you can still smell it because mm -hmm. it's on your hands. You've been smoking, you know? Um, so, yes. And not only that, um, I think all of my effort went into this because it aligns with my initial goal to have a line of products that combat these symptoms. Mm -hmm. These are nice, fun to have. But once these sell out, we're going to refresh that with something totally different. But these will always be there. A staple. Yeah. That's really cool. And do you find that you're going kind of going back to your customer segmentation? Do you find that your clients online versus at the pop-up shops, do they differentiate in the type of products that they like? No, so um, surprisingly our bundle is the best seller. So everyone gets everything in it, plus free merch. Um, and so that's been the best. And you know, no, I don't think I offer enough variety for them to you know, venture out. It's not like, yet. what do I need? Yeah, not yet, mm -hmm. right. So it's like, these are flagship and then what extra can I get to go with it? Mm. In your journey, do you feel like there's something? And, and, and so when I ask this question, it's not to say that you regret anything or that mm -hmm. you wish you had something that you didn't, but it's just to think of the lessons that you've learned now that you're an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Is there something that you would have taken away more had you known, whether from the operation side or the corporate side, now that you're an entrepreneur? Um, yes, definitely. Uh, during my time there, I shied away from analytics. That was not my favorite thing. I'm more creative. I love to communicate and, you know, deal with the customer. Um, if I, I think I should have, I could have taken more advantage of learning those analytics because mm -hmm. now I'm, as an entrepreneur, I'm learning that on the fly, you know, and I saw one of your old videos where you're talking about social media analytics versus corporate analytics and how it's been easier for you to navigate that. Um, and I'm learning from YouTube <laughs> and friends and, you know, 
It's a it's a world it's a new world for me now that I have um, social media now that my behavior is more consistent mm-hmm. my social media analytics I do I love looking at it I'm like okay so why did this one get more followers right. why did this one get more likes why did this one get more comments that makes sense yeah but when it comes to the podcast data I'm new at that okay when it comes to YouTube data I'm new at that um and also when we think of like uh, flyer behavior patterns mm-hmm. and things like that or sales or things like that. It's a little bit different right. so we have to just take some of the same fundamentals mm-hmm. but we apply it to one such smaller data and then um the the buying patterns the thought process right. like when you think about your clients mm-hmm. they are um the people who are buying online mm-hmm. they're the more discreet buyer right right yes. they are still the stigma still plays a huge role in their buying patterns mm-hmm. whereas the people in the pop-ups they're they don't have that um mental blockage around right. purchasing products like this in the open right so it's like knowing that type of those type of things feeds into the analytics it's like mm-hmm. how do we account for that in the data mm-hmm. so those are fun conversations so <laughs> yeah. even when you start to really get into it yeah. just you know i would love to bounce ideas of off course. of it because we've yeah. talked about like you getting into more data focused mm-hmm. roles um and to that point yeah. would you ever go back to a nine to five? Ooh, um if I needed to, yes, mm-hmm. um, I would not. I would not let my pride let me miss out on any opportunity. Um, but it's not my goal. I, you know, I love it here, and I'm not in a rush to change it. Yeah. Um, but if if I needed to, I would. Yeah. On the family aspect, what is it like raising a daughter? You know, as a as a solo entrepreneur and as a. Um, as a mom, like, what's it like? And as a black woman, yeah. what's your perspective on that? It's, so, it's such a blessing. Um, I love her so much. Um, everything I do is for her. She is a part of the family business. She knows our pitch. She knows what our products do. My mom thinks that's kind of weird because of what, what it is. <laughs> right. But, you know, that's something that she's going to need to know if she's going to take over one day. Um, and I'm just so proud of her. She's so smart. <laughs> she she's a really cute girl too. Thank you. Like she's like she'd be shining away. I'm like I bet she's she got a big shy. personality. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And so, do you envision? Um, and then even your boyfriend. Do you guys all do things for corporate smokers, or um, do you kind of keep working, working, work life and uh, business life separate? Yeah. So he's very supportive. He helps me um, with my pop ups. He'll come. He's like <laughs> my number one salesperson. Like he has that gift, you know. And people are just drawn to him. They're like, oh, take all my money. <laughs> and for me, you know, I'm thinking of it like a business meeting. Like, well, this is this and this is what it does. And they're like, oh, okay, you know, here you go. But with him, it's just like he just has that energy to where he draws people. So, yeah, he's a part of it. Very supportive. And I love it. And so you have all the personalities that you need to make a team. Yes. Um, You just brought something up that I'm really curious about. Um, Kind of still on the how did you know how to start tip? Because it's like me watching you on Instagram, like you're traveling to these other states and stuff. Um, what was the first link in the chain to start this chain reaction where you truly were like, oh, this is going to work? Um, let's see. I think after I started to receive my products, you know, um, I start, I launched this during a pandemic. So it wasn't like I could go into a place and touch and feel. This is all done virtually. Mm-hmm. And so once I started to receive them and I'm like, okay, this is exactly what I wanted. Um, it just kind of 
was like, okay, now how do I get this in front of a customer? How do I build my brand? And you know, how do I get that ball rolling? And I just started to do this thing called pitch day. So once a week I would take my products and I would go to these different stores and pitch. And that kind of kept me, um, it kept me, it kept my mind sharp as far as like not working and not being around people, but still needing to communicate. Mm. Um, it also kind of sharpened my sales skills. Like I learned what to do and what not to do. You know, when I go into pitch, they don't care about this. They want to know the return on of, on investment. So that's what I should lead with. So mm. I got to learn these little things that have been helping me a lot lately. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, you said pitch days. That I can imagine you going in there, and I feel like I would be afraid. Even though I feel like I've gotten so much growth on the sales, yeah. but that's more so one on one. You're putting yourself out there and you're pitching to businesses and they're they're trying to see if they want your your products in their store and you had to learn like how did you how did you even like get the feedback that you needed to say okay lead with return on investment so um i have a friend um she and i went to high school together and she owns a smoke shop she mm. just opened it up um recently a couple mm -hmm. of months ago and she reached out to carry my products and um i did i went and i didn't treat it like anything like we know each other or a confirmed sale i treated it like you know i'm going to hear the pitch to her and so i did she bought and then later i asked her for feedback hey i know people are coming in here all the time to pitch stuff to you what can I do better what are you looking for as a buyer you know help me out girlfriend what can I do you know and she was willing she was nice enough gracious enough to tell me you know well some people come in here and this is what they do and this is what they say and this is what makes it a definite yes mm, so, so I had an insider yeah you using them corporate skills after all. Yeah, yeah. Talking about like, yes, we maybe we don't have to have like needless um, coffee chats if you don't see the value in them. But yeah. being able to leverage those relationships, it sounds like is what really helped you get the traction behind selling your products, knowing how to pitch, going yeah. out there and get these biggest deals. Yes, that. Ooh. And then also um, with the market, as far as going to markets uh, to sell my products. Uh, that company helped me out a lot with that too because I was kind of like the spokesperson for that department so I had to travel to the different departments around the country to educate them on the program you mm. know and the way we did it was like um, are you familiar with velvet do you remember velvet yeah and you remember how they had the day of like yeah. expo day yeah. that was my job and yeah. so that's the exact same thing as having my table of products and talking about it <laughs> to my clients full or, circle moment so yeah full circle moment so yeah that's beautiful. Thank you. That's really cool. I'm gonna take that in because I think we don't. We it's too often that we just don't. We don't recognize our journey along right. the way, and everything that you've done really has like led you to a place where you've utilized every single gift yes. to to the fullest. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Thank you. So I heard you say you wanted to pass down the business. Um, what are some of the things that you're doing to like ensure that the business is going to be scalable and going to be like to keep the same culture of like this family oriented corporate smokers business? Um, so I have been establishing like, you know, our mission, our things that we have going on behind the scenes. Um, I help, I let her help me with the decision making. I run everything by her, even on the way over here. I'm like, do you want to say a prayer for this? And she put her prayer out there, you know, that we say the right things that we have a good interview. Um, so just try to be as inclusive of her as I can. And um, I know a lot of people don't understand because she is so young and our business is so niche, but I think it's working, you know? Yeah. I think she'll be able to take it. That's beautiful. Yeah. What would you say is um, your, hmm, I would say like your top three successes 
over the course of like your career um and when you think about the entire span from chairman's club all the way to today like what would you say is um your two your top two experiences um a top two would be definitely just the experience that i got at at that company you know mm -hmm. from from all of it the good the bad the times i didn't quite understand everything i learned that would be number one mm -hmm. i'm glad i stayed i'm glad i endured it i'm glad i learned mm -hmm. um i would say my next proudest moment would be taking that leap of faith mm -hmm. you know for so long i've been married to that company because it was secure and so for me to <laughs> blindly just jump you know no job set up for after this just yeah. me and my business yeah um I'm very proud of myself for that how'd you get over that fear I'm still not over it. I'm still scared but I'm doing it scared and doing it scared <laughs> come on with it and you know he's <laughs> yeah so I'm not I'm not gonna stop not gonna, not gonna why, would I stop? <laughs> why would I stop hey, why would I stop <laughs> <laughs> I love it well thank you so much of for joining course. me on the couch yeah. I have my own corporate yes. smokers gifts that I will definitely be taking part in and you gotta t we're gonna talk after after hours yeah, so we can course. talk a little bit about how I can actually implement this into my habit yeah. so I don't get like crazy off topic off the um <laughs> Rick the scale in terms of uh, business productivity and stuff, yeah. but there's there's a uh, one thing that I do all the time mm -hmm. on the show, and I'm thinking about like how could we reach back to someone who either is not taking the leap just yet, mm -hmm. or um, is still you know stuck in the stability side of things, but maybe doesn't see the the value in dreaming big or coming into something like a creative venture. So as we reach back to those who are not necessarily where we are today, mm -hmm. I'd like to send a word of wisdom, of encouragement, of motivation back to them. So when you think to who that person might be, right? Mm -hmm. And then what you would say. Hey guys, it's Ariel from the Work and Play Podcast. If you're getting any value from this channel, and I mean anything from the tutorials to the podcast to the random videos that you see on this channel, then I just ask that you do one thing. Please subscribe. Subscribe and share this to anyone that you think this resonates with and drop a comment below so I know what other things that you want to see next. Now let's get back to the episode. What word would you like to share for that person so that they know how to take their next step? Do it scared. <laughs> do it scared. It's never going to, um, if you sit around and wait for the perfect time, the perfect opportunity, the perfect next step, it's not going to come. Like, it's not. And you'll always be led by a carrot. I know for me, I was always led by that carrot on this path when I knew my heart is over here. You know, mm. that carrot could be anything, a promotion, more money, free trip, you know, but follow your heart and do it scared. Do it scared. Yeah. Well, there you have it. <laughs> If you didn't catch that, you need to replay this video. I said it to me. <laughs> Take some notes. Get a word because that was definitely a word. So I thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And if there's anyone who resonates with your story or would like to connect with you or even buy a couple of your products, how can they get contact with you? Um, so you can order our product on the website. It's corporatesmokers.com. You can also use code work and play for 10% off of your order. Um, nice. <laughs> please follow us on Instagram at Corporate Smokers. We share high facts, high history. We are advocates. We share resources. And it's just a fun place to be. Um, and also, you can check out our YouTube for product demonstrations. Everything is at Corporate Smokers. Love it. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you all for listening, if you're listening to this at home. And thank you for joining me. Of course. But until next time, <laughs> peace out. Bye.